0: And so I want, to, I want to just mention to you that as I speak today, you get to choose what comes from my mouth, from my tongue, will either offend you or bring you life. Bible talks that life is in the tongue. From the tongue comes life and death. So it will either offend you or bring life pray as I do every time I preach, both my wife and I, we pray, Lord, whatever comes out of my mouth, let it be the words that the people need to hear. I have heard more and more often throughout my travels internationally. I have heard over and over, "Man, you Brent, you know this point you said," and I'm thinking, "I never actually said that point." And somebody else says, "And this thing you said," I'm thinking, "I don't, I didn't even say that, you know." But God will use our mouth and our words and our tongue for His glory, no matter where we are and what we do. At the same time, so will the devil. Some people believe that, that to love God, you must first hate yourself. I, I grew up in a, a very strict denominational group, and, and I, 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 the denomination I was with, I almost felt like, like we had to be dirty, wretched sinners. And I kind of forgot the set free part, but we were like dirty, wretched sinners, and we had this mentality that, a false humility, I call it. You know, oh my goodness, a pastor can't drive a nice vehicle. And you're thinking, oh great, he's going to talk prosperity. Well, I'll tell you what, if you don't talk prosperity, then you're not talking the fullness of the kingdom, okay? Like, in God's kingdom, people are supposed to prosper. So, uh, I know pastors, I know people that are embarrassed. I used to be, in full-time ministry, we used to always drive this junk vehicle down to Mexico, and then one day, I'm I like, man, I, I keep putting money and more money and more money into this old car, and imagine if it broke down somewhere in Mexico with my wife and little kids in it, and, and, and sometimes it's up to 50 degrees Celsius down there in the desert, uh, which is like 120 or some degrees, and, uh, and what if it broke down, and, I, and we're eight hours of a walk to get anywhere? We'd die. And so, I remember years ago, I actually bought a three-year-old pickup truck. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. I drive down and I thought the pastors would be offended. And they looked at me and they actually said, Brent, wow, now we know that there's people actually supporting you in Canada. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I, I had this false humility that I had to drive something junky because I was a minister of the gospel. And I just want to rebuke that in Jesus' name. If you're a pastor or a leader listening and thinking that... that you if you can physically afford financially afford a vehicle and you want to buy the vehicle then you have the right to do that i'm not saying go get yourselves in ridiculous debt to where you go under that's ludicrous what i'm saying is don't have false humility because if you do you will live within i got to be careful what i say you will live within the judgment of the false humility on earth on earth. Many times people think of themselves as lowly sinners, wretched sinners, poverty mentality. I truly believe that this poverty mentality is a deception directly from the demonic plan of the enemy. Let's read uh, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. (laughs) Listen to this. You're not supposed to hate your own flesh. But you nourish it and cherish it just as the Lord does the church. Verse 30. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. So if you don't like the way you look, then you're listening to a lying voice. Now I'm not talking about weight. If you are are eating way too much junk food, and you're way overweight, I truly believe you're listening to the wrong voice. And we can, we can get that better under control. Here I'm speaking, and I, I, I'm overweight. What I'm saying is that, what, I'm, what, what I want to say is that it's not against who you are, We should live healthy, absolutely. Some people are bigger, some people are skinny. I look at these skinny people that eat like twice as much as I do, and I say, what God-given gift do you have that you can eat that much and stay a skinny rake, and I eat half of that and I gain weight? What I'm saying, though, is that if you look into the mirror and you don't like your face, you don't like things of your body, you've got to augment this or cut your nose or change this or that, That If you do it because you're self-conscious of it, then you have to reassess what voice you're listening to. What voice is speaking to you? Is it Hollywood? Well, that is not a good model for us as believers to live by. You and I are members of His body. We are flesh and His flesh and of His bones. So if you don't like the way you look, Renew your mind. Start working out. Do something. But learn to appreciate the beauty that God has created in you because He created you perfect in His sight. We need to learn to properly care for ourselves. Why? So Jesus can live fully in us, body, spirit, and soul. Papa Bill Johnson says, we can't afford to have a thought in our mind that isn't in his. If he looks at you and says you're beautiful, which my word says he does, then you shouldn't think anything different. Let's take a look at John chapter 10, starting in verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So let's, let's just understand for a moment. The demonic realm, the devil, the enemy, is a thief. And it is coming to steal to kill and to destroy the devil's thought the devil's come, the devil coming at us attacking us into our mind into our life into our heart will always build it, be to steal kill and destroy but Jesus says I have come that they may have life and not just life But that they may have life more abundantly. So God's not talking about sending His Son, who sent His Son into this world, so you and I can have life. He is talking and saying, Jesus Himself is. I did this so you can have life, but you can have life more abundantly. The devil tries to steal from our spiritual inheritance by using demonic doctrines that push their own condemnation and control us. This is what the devil tries to do, and it starts in our minds, our ears, and our supernatural hearing that affects our minds. We must not let the lies of the devil override who the Lord says we are. If you don't think you're good enough, that's a lie of the devil. That's a demonic realm attacking your thoughts. And I want to declare to you, God has never said you're not good. Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross because you're not good. He died on the cross because you are destined to be sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. One of the worst things we can do when our mind is under the attack of the enemy is actually speak. <laughs> when there's thoughts attacking our mind, one of the worst things we can do is actually speak out of the attack of the thoughts. Now, I'm not talking about asking for prayer. If suicidal thoughts come in, you need to speak to somebody. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about attacks of anger, pride, arrogance, lack of identity. When these things start to come, and it happens to every one of us, not any one of us is holier than any one of you, and it starts to come, and the attacks bring in the mind, and as they start to come, you can start to build anger, uh, or your pride starts to come out, or arrogance, uh, or ultimately the lack of your identity. I'm not saying again that you should be quiet when you need help. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when these wrong anger thoughts and and lack of identity come in, be quiet. (laughs) Don't talk. That's one of the best things and hardest things to learn. I'm a talker. I I talk a lot, my wife says. I don't know if I do. I mean I I know that I do. I'm I'm old enough to know that I do. I talk a lot. There are some times, though, I just like need to veg and not talk at all. And sometimes that's usually when somebody wants to come and ask you a bunch of questions and a million questions, and you're like, oh, please, you know. We need to make sure that we know when to be quiet. And one of the main ways to to diagnose that in our own life is where is our mind and emotions, and are we losing the battle from the demonic realm in our mind and emotions? If you do not have self-control to be quiet, then many times you will verbalize the demonic thoughts that are attacking you. And so many times when when these things are at us, if we don't have self-control, then we literally verbalize and spew out the stuff that's attacking our mind. And this becomes like a a poisonous arrows that we start spewing out. And the tongue will damage your heart and your soul. But you see, because when we speak out, many times out of anger, we think we're retaliating at that individual. But first of all, you're actually damaging your own heart and your own soul. Oh yes, those arrows will damage others, absolutely. But ultimately, what you can control is what's damaging you in your heart and soul by what you speak or don't speak. Proverbs verse 8, Proverbs 18 starting in verse 20. Solomon is sharing here. He says a man's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. You know what? Right now, I'm speaking about us personally, but I'm also speaking about all the voices that are out there right now. We have we are hearing a spewing I truly believe of many demonic attacks over our nations. I truly believe that our governments uh, uh, and our medical systems or or maybe our leaders or whatever are spewing things out of their mouth many times. Because they're not believers. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But they're spewing this perspective that is creating a fear. And so as they spew out of their mouth I believe there's a bigger agenda involved, and, and as they spew out, they'll shoot the arrows. The arrows are looking for a place to land. I truly want to encourage every one of you do not let the arrows land on you. Hold up the shield, hold up your shield. Get the word, hold your shield. And as those arrows from these people are coming at you, let them be diverted and destroyed on the shield, but do not let them hit you. Okay, verse 20 again of Proverbs 18. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. So I'll tell you what. If you're in paranoia all day long and you're spewing paranoia, you're eating paranoia. The fruit of your lips, you will be filled. What's the best fruit that we could be eating right now? It is His Word, the living Word of God. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You can eat the fruit that's bad and it will bring death to you. You can eat the fruit that is good and it will bring life to you. Ezekiel demonstrated the power of his tongue in Ezekiel 37, starting in verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. When I was studying this and reading into this more and more, actually, even into the evening last night, I felt like the Lord radically started shifting something in my mind. And He said, for years you have looked at a physical coming to life. I want you to read this chapter, these verses, as a spiritually dead coming to life. So let's read this as a spiritually dead, applying it to today. Today verse 2 and then he caused me to pass by them all these dead dead dry bones and behold there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were dry think of this as the possibility of your life and/or the people around you, especially believers around you that know better, they know Jesus, they know what life is, they know and should have joy of the Lord as their strength, but they're dry in this season. Think of these bones as those people. Verse 3: And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord God, You know. Again, He said to me, prophesy to these bones. Use your tongue to these bones. Speak to these bones. Prophesy. Watch what you say to these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord.'" Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause, what? Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then the Lord, then you shall know that I am Lord. I thank the Lord for Ezekiel. Verse 7, and so I prophesied, I heard the word, and I spoke the word. I prophesied, my tongue started to move, not with all you, look at all you bummed out, dirty, dry bones, you guys are all dead, you're going to die, there's a virus, you're useless, look at you, should have listened in the first place. Or walked into the valley of dry bones and Ezekiel's like, whoa, I feel fear because look at all the death around me. I feel fear because of all the numbers of dead and dying people in my life. No, no, he didn't do that. He listened to the Lord, the word. And he started to use his tongue not to bring death but to bring life. He started to use that tongue. I tell you, it's important. Verse 7 again, and so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I spoke, as my tongue started to move, as I started to tell the people of their purpose and their destiny, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling started to happen. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. So now they're looking good just by by my words, prophesying the word of the Lord to the people. They were depressed. They were dead spiritually. They were dry as dry can be. But the Lord told me to speak prophecy, to bless them, to tell them of their great future. But there was still no breath. That means life in them. Verse 9 also he said to me prophesy to the breath the life prophesy to the breath the life prophesy son of man and say to the breath thus says the lord god come from the four winds rushing i'm adding rushing come from the four winds O oh breath not just one way but all winds blowing And breathe on these slain. Why are they slain? Killed by the tongue. Killed by someone's tongue? Or killed by their own tongue? Breathe, O breath, all four corners of the earth. Four winds of the earth. That they may live. Verse 10, and so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, son of man, These bones are the whole house of Israel. You see, it was spiritual. I look upon the lands of this earth, says the Lord. The houses of Israel, my people, the churches. Feel like the Lord laying on my heart, saying, Oh son, oh son, prophesy to them. Prophesy to them. Start at verse eleven again. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. I want to tell you what, even though we can't hold in church gatherings, we are not cut off. You might say, I feel dry. You might even think that the church is dry. You might be sitting there and depression is overwhelming you and you feel like all hope is lost that you are all by yourself you are lonely but i will prophesy to you right now you are not cut off from god that the church is not dead it is rattling Rattling in the spirit, and the shakers are shaking the ground. No matter what law tells me to be silent, I will not be silent. And they might want us to stop prophesying, and I will not stop prophesying. Verse 12. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord of God Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. I want to use this supernaturally, the spiritual realm. Your graves are every lie that has been said about you, they have put you in graves. I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves the spoken tongue against you and bring you into the land of the living of Israel, it says. But I want to say the land of the living. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, the lies that you've listened to, that that have put you in the grave, oh, my people, and when I have brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. In other words, no longer a slave to the tongue no longer a slave to a graveyard. I will put you in your own land, a son, an owner, an heir of the kingdom. And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Since words prophesy and built up an exceedingly great army, then words falsely prophesy as well. The negative words can falsely prophesy and destroy an army. When I lose it, angry, wrong things come out of my mouth I'm prophesying lies and I'm destroying the army around me turning them into a pile of dry bones all by the power of tongue James chapter 3 starting in verse 1 My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Why? Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. (laughs) Oh, I want to be a ministry. I want to be a teacher of the word. I tell you what, amen. It's an honorable desire. But watch it and be careful. And don't let any lying, false spirits. Speak through your mouth, for you will receive a stricter judgment. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, the perfect woman. So let's just admit it right now. Every one of us have stumbled with our words. Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. When you get on a horse, I tell you what, it's so fun to be on the back of a horse without a bridle. You'll want that horse to go, but it won't go, or it won't stop. It'll turn when it wants to turn. There's nothing bridling its mouth. We put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. If you look also at ships, verse 4, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member of the body, is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. We need God. You can't tame it on your own. I can't tame it on my own. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. But with the tongue, with it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. And out of the same mouth proceeding blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Verse eleven: Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? A fig tree produce olives, or a grapevine bear figs? No. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. No matter what well you dig, it will bring either fresh water or salt water, but it can't bring them both at the same time. See, a fiery tongue can burn a whole forest down. One tree that spreads. Like a bad marriage destroyed from tongues. ears that have listened to the wrong voices, minds that have transformed to the wrong images, the wrong things, lashed out with their tongue. I believe what's in your mind will come out of your mouth. And or, if you're a quiet type person, it will come out in your actions. You could be angry and not say anything, but your actions will justify it. So now your actions become your voice as well. As James tells us, our tongue is like the rudder of a ship. A rudder of a ship is very small in comparison to the tonnage and size of the vessel. And that rudder has the ability in a storm to steer it into a storm or to steer it out of a storm. That rudder can turn that big ship and run it onto a sandbar where it becomes dried out and broken. That same rudder, like a tongue, can steer you into the rocks where you get smashed and destroyed and sink. It can steer you into a cliff where you're destroyed. But that same rudder, in the middle of a storm or in the coming of a storm, it can also steer you into a safe harbor. When you're out in the storm, a lot of people get so affected they just let go of the rudder. Maybe fear, maybe not knowing what to do. And the storm creates an effect. A storm around you creates an effect inside of you. And the rudders just flap back and forth and the tongue just lashes out wherever it needs to go. I implore us today to learn and practice hanging on to the wheel of the rudder of the tongue. And when there's a storm around you, you steer your mighty ship into a safe harbor and set your anchor in safety where the winds and the waves aren't buffeting you. Speaking words from the tongue when you're out of control is like eating fruit from a poisonous tree, you eat it personally and as you spew out you give everyone around you poisonous fruit kind of reminds me of Adam and Eve the one tree they weren't supposed to eat of the knowledge of good and evil because they didn't know evil and they had to be removed and kicked out from the presence of God I want to encourage us all today let's not eat bad fruit and let's not hand out bad fruit by our tongue by our actions by our motives and if you hear bad words someone lashing out you must have the strength to close the gates of your heart and your mind so you don't take it personally personally i have had to learn over the season of ministry for many years I've had to learn and I'm still growing at it not to listen to everyone's opinion of me I listen to the people that I really trust that are put around me but there's some people that are out there that say some things about me that I would never even think of doing and I had to listen to learn to shut my heart and shut my mind to the vileness of evil fruit. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. And finally, brethren, this is Paul speaking. Finally, brethren, whether things are true, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue. And if there is anything praiseworthy. Meditate on these things. (laughs) So what do you meditate on? Things that are true things that are noble, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of a good report. If it's a bad report, shut it up. Turn it off. And listen to anything of virtue that is praiseworthy. (laughs) Meditate on these things, verse 9. The things which you learned and received, and heard, and saw in me these do, and the God of peace will be with you. If you don't have peace, watch what you're listening to. It takes your peace away if it's bad fruit. You meditate or think on negative words that's opening your hearts and allowing the enemy, enemies to invade what's supposed to be a peaceful place of our souls. We must listen to what Paul said and we must dwell on God's goodness. We must meditate often and remember that we are kingdom people destined to live in righteousness, peace, and joy. When we implement this into our lives, we invite the God of peace to reign over our body, our soul, and our spirit. This biblical meditation is not crossing your legs and humming and emptying your mind. No, we're not supposed to actually empty our mind, we're supposed to transform it. transforming it by the Word of God, listening to His Word. When you go into a, a, a an experience of meditating on His Word, oh yeah, let go of the problems and the issues. But fill your mind with His Word. It's kind of like uh an ostrich, they kind of, I chuckle when I see ostriches. They're kind of an awkward looking bird or mammal, whatever they're called. What do they do when they get scared? They bury their head. They put their head in a hole. Now their head's about this big and their bodies are like this and about that tall. You got this dinky little head stuck in a hole. And he thinks he's safe. huge lanky legs and body and this big long neck sticking his head in the hole and he thinks he's safe. (laughs) Never bury your head in a hole of regret, of remorse, of false thinking, false identity, eating false fruits. Biblical meditation is active It always leads to victory over our storms. That's the meditation of the Bible. Joshua 1, verse 1 to 8. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. I I believe this is a declaration to everybody listening today. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, God has given you already. He has given you the victory over every storm. He has given the victory over depression. He has given the victory over the spirit of suicide. He has given you victory over your finances. He has given you victory over your marriages. He has given you victory over your children from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down to the sun. It shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, says the Lord. I will not leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only, listen, this is prophesying to you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all of the word of God, the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the word. Don't turn left. Don't turn right. Do not turn from the word that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart. It shall not depart from your mouth. This is what we speak. This is what we prophesy. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Why? Why? So that you may observe to the according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. See, you think it's God bringing it all to you? It's already there. He's already brought it. The only thing stopping it is you. God didn't say I will make you prosperous in these verses. He said you will, you will, you will. We need to meditate on the truth of the Word with an identity that we are so loved by God as sons and daughters of the King. And that as we hear His Word, bones begin to rattle. I hear them in the Spirit right now. I want you right now just to close your eyes and open your ears. Your bones are rattling in the Spirit. Sinew and skin it is growing new onto your bones today, and you are rising from any grace that words have put you in. Rise up, O oh mighty men and women of God, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and in it we will rejoice and be glad in this day. Oh, Father God, I celebrate that you have called me to be alive in this day, and this hour uh, of 2021, the year. It doesn't matter all of the storms raging around. What matters is that I will listen to the good fruits and I will eat of this fruit. And I refuse to listen to the attacks of the devils and enemies in my life. You hear that, devil? I refuse in Jesus' name. And I choose to hold the love of God in my heart. And I choose to see that I am a sign. Marvelous and beautifully created by God. And I choose to speak blessings over my life, over my wife, over my children, over my grandchildren. And I prophesy, I prophesy to all the people's all the dry bones, it is time to rise up and come out of your graves of fear, to come out of your graves of disease, to come out of your graves of sickness, and come alive by breathing, by breathing His Word and His Spirit. The mighty rushing wind, I can see it. From all angles right now, breathing and blowing across you. Do you have ears to hear? Do you have eyes to see? Do you have a mind transforming? And do you have a heart? his presence, of his glory, of his word. Now, you're ready to speak and prophesy your destiny and the destiny of the people around you.